Hello, Daniel here, your editor, your friend, your co-host of this year Funcast. Uh, we had a bit of an oopsie this week, and by a bit of an oopsie, I mean I had a bit of an oopsie. Uh, well, I didn't personally. Something weird happened with my computer. I suspect it's a combination of like a bad USB port and the power supply over voltage protection kicking in. So I kind of lost half the recording. Uh, Sucks, huh? Especially when you set up things to like have backups and backups to those backups and it still just like, you know, gives you 16 seconds of usable audio and the rest is just a mess. So which means we missed the, the news, or you missed the news, so I'm going to do my penance here and just go over the news we would have talked of as a group. Starting with, AMD announces the 7900 XTX and 7900 XT graphics cards. Uh, most notably about this, uh, whole presentation just shot full of attacks <laughs> on NVIDIA's 4090, both its size and its price. There's a slide in this presentation about how the XTX is like only like 6mm, 9mm or something longer than the 6950 from last gen, and it's still two and a half slots, and it only draws 355 watts, which is, I think, a very funny slide to put in your announcement. Uh, these graphics cards have moved to chiplet designs, much like the Ryzen processor did, where it's a single, smaller process node doing the graphics, the most important bits, and everything else is larger uh, node sizes, chiplets with really fast interfaces. They all support uh, DisplayPort 2.1, which is great, uh, future-proof, actually usable compared to the was it DisplayPort DisplayPort 1.4 on the 40 series, which is disgusting. Uh, also, uh, 7900 XTX starting at $1,000, the uh, XT starting at $900. Uh, you know, if you know, obviously wait for reviews, but uh, if the rasterized graphics performance is what AMD claims it is, it's going to be within striking distance of a 4090 at top end for $500 less dollars and like 200 watts less power, and it'll fit in your case, so like, hell of a deal. Uh, can't wait to see what mid-range looks like. Uh, for this next one, you're going to want to put on some lights, you know, schoolyard chemistry protection, get your goggles on, maybe some gloves, because Square Enix has announced an NFT project. It's called Symbiogenesis, which is an incredibly gross name. Uh, it's some sort of browser-based interactive drama story with NFT collectibles in it somewhere, somehow, for some reason. Uh, that's coming next year. Look forward to it! Uh, Capcom, in the news for hitting their goal, they just did their financials and they set a goal a couple years ago that they wanted half of their game sales to be on the PC platforms. And uh, hey, they hit it. Half of their game sales now come from the PC, uh, which is good because the non-Switch console market in Japan is just like completely vanished. Uh, so hey, good for you, Capcom. Just keep making good shit. Maybe, you know, I don't know, uh, port... Uh, Resident Evil 7's VR mode to PC for real <laughs> finally that'd be nice Slay the Spire really good roguelite roguelike card game deck builder fun little PC game uh, now a kickstarter kickstarterable board game it's a hundred dollars for the basic level I think the fancy tier they show in all the pictures is like 140 comes with like resin pre-washed models Looks like very nice, thick cardstock. Uh, $140 we talked about on the podcast you didn't hear. 
probably too much money to spend on a board game, especially when I can play Slay the Spire on my phone and not have to coerce three of my friends to come do it with me. Uh, Although there is something to be said about a nice tactile experience you can put on a shelf. Still, 100 bucks. They, as you might expect for a board game Kickstarter with miniatures and a deluxe version, immediately blew past their we're going to lose money, $50,000 goal, and is that like a little over $2 million, I think now? Ridiculous. Uh, don't spend that much money on a board game. <laughs> that's my personal opinion. Especially one that's in your phone. Dwarf Fortress on Steam with a graphical user interface. It gets an actual release date now, December 6th. The brothers have done it. They have uh, transmuted enough lead into gold and crafted beautiful set of actual graphics and a UI and a tutorial to make Dwarf Fortress playable for people that don't want to sit in the matrix and stop seeing the code and just start seeing sheep, llama, fire elemental. Uh, Pick it up, Dwarf Fortress, real good. If you like RimWorld, this is the better version, I'd say, just because it lends itself better to crafting narrative experiences, like if you've ever heard of or read Boat Murder, the story of a collaborative storytelling adventure in Dwarf Fortress. You should go read that because it's great. Uh, Turns out sometimes not having direct control is the best kind of control. And finally, wrapping up our little news bite here, Platform Wars, PlayStation VR 2 launches in February at $549.99 in the United States. That is uh, about $50 more than I expected it to cost and $150 more than I was hoping it would cost, uh, given that it's not natively backwards compatible and you're left to the whims of developers to port stuff to VR2 for you, uh, spending the cost of a console for an accessory. Tough sell, even if it is a really, really good VR headset. would not expect it to be PC compatible because the last one, I don't think PlayStation VR 1 ever got the the tracking to work, which means it was just kind of a head-mounted display, which is not great. But hey, uh, really cool tech. You know, it's got the pancake lenses, it's got foveated rendering and eye tracking, and the controllers seem neat. Uh, definitely seems like most of the features you want from the Oculus, or sorry, MetaQuest Pro at a thousand dollars less doesn't have you know crazy controllers that have phone processors in them and three cameras to do their own tracking but you know i guess that's what shaving a thousand bucks off the price you gotta cut something anyway thanks for the news bites here's the rest of the podcast bye Uh, okay. Hello, and welcome back to the Funcast. I am your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by my best friends, Daniel and Dean. We've just recovered from a catastrophic computer explosion. Canada sent out an electromagnetic pulse, uh, possibly to stop the White Walkers of the North coming down into the U.S. I think it was successful, but at the cost of Daniel's computer, which is not great. So we may have lost most, if not all, of the recording. However, we still have one left thing to cover, which is the one thing we still do sometimes. That's right, we have a game club that 33 to 66% of the podcast <laughs> participates in. And just by listening, 
you can be a member as well. Well, you uh, know, the one benefit of uh, the computer blowing up and the file corrupting, despite me setting it up so it didn't do that, uh, is we did lose the part where you just yelled at everybody for no reason, just for like yeah. an hour and ten minutes straight, so... Paying homage to a very angry man, and now you'll never know what angry <laughs> man I was talking about, listener. Uh, but I'm sure you could figure it out. That angry man is named Andrew an hour ago. Uh, it was a persona. Mm-hmm. Sure. Speaking of personas and JRPGs, the game of last week was Yakuza, like a dragon. Now, this may shock you, other podcasters, but I did not play this game. Uh, I will probably continue to not play these games, but I enjoy hearing about them. Even though we've talked about this game already once, now that it is fresh in the mind of Daniel, we could talk about it a bit more. Daniel, did you beat Like a Dragon once again? Once again? No, this is my first, somehow, this is my first time playing this game. I don't know why I put it off this long. I know. I like. I know a lot about it because like I've watched people play. It. This is my first time playing it myself. I've played past where I've seen it go. Uh, I'm in. I made it into chapter ten. I'm about thirty five hours in. It's so long. Yeah. And I think there's fifteen chapters, but that doesn't really mean anything because like so much of this game, like every Yakuza game and like every RPG, is not about the main story. It is all the side stuff and. Boy, this is a real fucking good game. <laughs> just like in general, not even for uh, not even for Yakuza. This is just a good game. Uh, so the main thing about Yakuza Like a Dragon that I understand is it takes a large deviation from the rest of the series in the gameplay is actually an RPG instead of an action yes, like yeah. adventure game. Turn-based instead of brawler. Yes, it is a... Dragon Quest game. They in fact name drop Dragon Quest, <laughs> like right at the like it's like the first yeah thing right at like right in the start, right in the intro. Uh, what's very funny about the JRPG combat is you hear that and you go, "Oh my god, that sounds incredibly slow," and I don't want to deal with that. And what's really funny is that I think the JRPG battles are on average faster than the random battles you get into in mainline Yakuza. Yeah. Which I can is agree with that. Very good. Um, so, God, where do you start with Like a Dragon? So it picks up in 1980. No. 19. Uh, no, 2001. Yes, 2001, right. Uh, because, or no, it's 1999. The millennium is about to happen, which is uh, uh, important because I think in other Yakuza games, we have seen just after this would take place and also before in yakuza zero so you get this weird intro in a, a point in time where big things are about to happen in the mainline yakuza game but like we're not interested in that this is a separate story where uh your protagonist is just kind of like a low-level thug for a yakuza family his name is ichiban kasuga and he is uh, a giant dork who sees the world through the lens of everything just being like an RPG, like Dragon Quest. Uh, in fact, you get asked early on in the game, it's like, why do you just let these guys punch you? And he's like, oh, I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> so like to everybody yeah. else, everything is happening like normal reality. And it's just your lens 
you in fact see like everybody change into like their class costumes when you get into fights but like you know nobody else sees that it's just uh ichiban being a nutcase uh and so the story kicks off with you just be doing low level thug stuff but also kind of being a good guy at heart like you're on a quick mission to like get the money back from some like shitty people and then like you get the money back and then you give it back to the people the money was taken from because like you're a good guy and they're good for it uh it's worth more in the future this way my boss will understand uh and then like your boss is also just your yakuza boss is also your lieutenant dude is like you know go get me this dude's wallet he owes he owes this money and so you go you beat up this construction worker and you take his wallet but you give him back his cash in the wallet because your boss he did only say he wants the wallet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh and it culminates with you, you know, getting to know this small yakuza sort of subfamily as part of the clan and then uh it happens. You end up taking the fall for a murder supposedly committed by the head lieutenant and you do 15 years in prison, extended to 18 after you get into a fight. You get out of prison, it's the modern day or the modern day of the game coming out, which I think is 2020. Uh, and your boss, your, your, your boss isn't there to pick you up because reasons, because uh, things have happened while you were in prison. Anti-Yakuza laws have come into effect. They've crushed the Yakuza's ability to be the Yakuza. Your family has been disorganized and has betrayed their previous patriarchs to join a new family. And the game also doesn't take place in Camarocho, where every other Yakuza game primarily takes place. And for story move reasons, uh, moves to Yokohama, just across Tokyo Bay. And, uh, man, uh, Yokohama, beautiful city. You, you, see mo- you see the downtown core from the side. Uh, you end up homeless and falling in with people in a homeless camp. And just, the story is really good. <laughs> This is all tutorial shit, so yes. I guess it's not really spoilers. No, this is the setup. This is chapters one through like three, and it's all very basic opening stuff. It's you. you this is when you first pick up your first party members, and the real game starts. Uh, like every game, this is like a wonderful. Like one of the best aspects of this game is the virtual tourism. It is this very well built replica of part of Yokohama, including like alleyways and like all those liminal spaces like in between uh like hallways and like parts of offices and stuff it's like rooftops and parking garages and you're down and in like the with like the real low lives of society uh the homeless and rising up from that adversity which is one of the things that i think the yakuza series does so well is showing you that like hey just because people are homeless or sex workers or what have you doesn't mean they're not people they're still like people down here and you should treat them well and this game goes very hard on that sort of theming because a lot of it is i'm a homeless ex yakuza i gotta figure out what happened and i gotta work my way up from the literal bottom of collecting cans for recycling to get maybe 300 yen <laughs> so that i can go about and like find somewhere to sleep uh and like what is the tone of like the game because like i watched a uh speed run of this game mm-hmm. which was uh probably like the worst way to encounter the game because it is just like spamming the same 
fights and techniques over and over again, and then skipping every cutscene so that you know you can get okay. the game quickly. So it's so, just like a bunch of random nonsense. But to me, like, is the random nonsense part of the game? Is it just yes? I don't know. Much like much like the mainline Yakuza series, the tone is just pure anime, where you have these like very serious emotional moments that are supposed to be like very important to the people that they're happening to. And then you have like, you gotta like chase a guy for like selling porn, but it's actually just animals fucking from like the discovery channel. Yeah. It's fake. It's fake porn that he's ripping people off with. Yeah. And so, so like the things around him are very silly and he's also just a, the, the protagonist is also just, a huge fucking himbo. Mm-hmm. And so, like, <laughs> typically just doesn't know what's going on, really. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of it is, like, there's, like, it's weird. They've always done, like, these layers to cutscenes where some of them are just, like, here's automatic, unvoiced, advancing text from in game assets. Then sometimes here's a cutscene using in game assets, but it's voiced. And then sometimes yeah. here's the serious, real deal, pre rendered cutscene. And, like, those tend to pop up in the main plot, and those are all serious and take themselves seriously. And then as you get further from that sort of fidelity, things get sillier, and that's when you get into, like, side stories. Like, I just did one where you're helping a circus dude, and every single time you talk to the circus guy, you're just having a great conversation about the animal that's in the cage behind him, and, it like, the camera will cut, and you'll see over his shoulder the cage door, like, swing open. And, like, nobody notices while, like, the bear inside gets out and, like, taps the circus dude on the shoulder. And he's like, nah, hey, I'm talking to this guy. Get out of here, Charlotte. And, you know, then you have to fist fight a bear. Um, (laughs) Or uh, there's this side quest where you're, like, there's some, like, Yakuza dudes beating up a businessman and trying to take his baby formula because there's a baby formula shortage. And, like, so you help him get the baby formula back, but in doing so, you start hearing this baby crying from inside, like, a a brothel. And uh, Ichiban's main thing is, like, he was an orphan, but he was, like, raised in a brothel, so he has, like, a real affinity for, like, the people that work there. And he's like, that kid's just like me. And you go up there and you find, no, it's not a baby, it's a Yakuza boss and his minions engaged in, like, baby play where they're in diapers and there's a a lady in there dressed up as a mother feeding them bottles and you fight them and then you uh, unlock them as a summon so you can just summon yes the summon (laughs) i wanted to get to the summons so what the thing about the summons that seemed really appealing to me is that you get to summon all the yakuza series favorites as well and they're all Mm -hmm. like absurd and i i don't know how they justify the summons in the game so the summons Uh, you you eventually you get a you get a quest you have to do before a main quest and it's literally, it's like an in-universe, like, Uber equivalence, where, like, you can just summon a dude to come help you, and, like, you pay them a fee, and they just show up, and that's what the summons are. It's you, you're pulling out a phone, and you're selecting a dude on the app, be like, I need the crawfish to show up and attack this dude, <laughs> I'll pay 10,000 yen for it. It's, uh, can you summon the same person multiple times in the, in the same fight? No, there's, like, a cooldown. And some oh, people okay. don't and some people me. don't work nights. <laughs> so yeah, they won't pretty be available. Uh, but yeah, um also like despite being a turn based RPG, there is like a dynamic flow to it. Yes. Like there is there is active like blocking where you can reduce damage with a timed mm-hmm. button press. Um there's also contextual attacks 
Yes. That like they they don't like glow in an obvious way. Um, they but it's like if you're near a garbage can, you could pick up the garbage can and hit somebody with it. Yeah, but it's there's not a bit tell of, you. There's you a bit of like that. It. There's a bit of that like Grandia or Chrono Cross sort of enemy placement AOE stuff. We're like, oh, you know, yeah. if, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. using a thing that hits multiple targets, it's mostly in an area around a dude. So in a fight, you want to like target that to like, oh, that group of people kind of like over there instead of like the dude in front of me and just hope it hits. You're like doing a yeah. bit of aiming. And if like you do a basic attack and it knocks a dude down, uh, depending on your friendship level with your party, they can automatically follow up or like you can do a manual follow up on their turn to like do extra damage to dudes that are knocked down. Uh that friendship mechanic stuff is like really, I think, the heart of this game. Uh, the Yakuza games have for so long been all about the characters and like their relationships with each other and just like getting to know these people and like being friends. And this is like very literal. Like you have friendship bars, and as they level up, you can unlock side stories, not entirely unlike a social link in a persona. And a lot of it is, yeah, I can go back to my hideout and heal up and like rest for free. But, you know, if I want to have a night out, we can just, like, go as a group and eat dinner at a restaurant and we'll get, like, a scene of dialogue between characters that, like, flesh out everybody and they all have relationships and they all talk about stuff with each other. It's, uh, it's great. It's wonderful. Very heartfelt. Incredibly earnest, like all Yakuza games. But, like, the extra layer of silliness you get from the turn-based battles, I think, just adds to that level of, like, incredibly earnest just dudes being friends you know <laughs> that you that you want from an anime type experience video game it's like quite literally uh overrunning the evils of the underworld and becoming a hero through the powers of friendship <laughs> yeah pure anime so will you beat it will you finish it yes yeah probably nice okay Check it out, listener. Let us know what you think on our Twitter, which exists temporarily for now. Uh, God, what? Find a find a new way to reach out to us. Write us a letter, for God's sake. Yes. Actually, no. Just write Funcast on the envelope and put it in the mail. I'm sure they'll find us. Write it down. We'll hear it through the ether. Manifest it. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you put uh, postage on it, though. Otherwise, we can't use our mind powers to hear it um so that was the game daniel do you want to spin the wheel no dean you should spin the wheel yeah dean, right. do you want to spin the wheel and figure all out right. what game i spun the out. wheel for this one i'll spin the wheel well i fingers crossed it's a game i've already played so that i can talk about it <laughs> that have way you'll you have ever, time to play it again have you ever played the game humankind tm yeah wait have i wait is that that's the, the, that's the monkey is that the monkey one no that's that's this is the sif five alike i have played this Hooray! all right cool you've done it i'm i'm a hero you guys get to experience humankind the sieve five that's not as good as sieve five okay sounds good i think uh, i remember it, talking about this when it came out very I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a communism Keep in mind, I'm not saying Civ 6 here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm comparing it specifically to Civ 5. It is the Civ 5 that's not as good as Civ 5. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it exists. Um, I definitely played through a game of this. 
Uh, maybe I'll pick up another round just to just to check it out. Uh, but it was not great. That's what I remember. <laughs> but can I, not... yeah, can yeah. I instate a technocratic monarchy? Uh, mostly in theming. <laughs> in theming, I just it'll be you know, interesting to not see in reality. Like, what this game's like a year old at this point, just about. Listen, I want to be the king of the internet. It's uh two years old. Two years, years old. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, interesting to see what's changed. I don't think there's any DLC for it yet, or either. I don't think they're gonna do anything with it. Uh, no, there was a. What was there? There was a DLC. The DLC literally is coming out <laughs> in a week. Maybe the DLC fixes the entire game, and I should check that out. <laughs> yeah, I I'm kind of doubt I'm going to hit X to doubt on that one. <laughs> and uh, uh, let me play this on the Xbox's cloud service, because that would make things a million times easy for me. So, so the other DLCs they've had so far are just like different, um, you know, like civilization packs and don't really add too much. This uh, this one that's coming out is the actual like expansion. It's interesting. So there it, it very well could fix the game. I do want a Civ seven. Uh, I'm, you know, I love the civilization games and Civ six has been out for a while now. I've played all the DLCs for that. So uh, looking forward to a new Civ game. Uh, Civ 7 wasn't announced ever, right? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to no. remember the name. There's another one. It and it, it did its early access thing on EGS uh, and then came to Steam. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was a little bit more like Civ, oh, yeah, go further into, Civ into the 4 future. era type thing with like a stronger bent on like the Crusader Kings type of uh, event stuff. I'm trying to remember. Wait, the yeah, name yeah, yeah. Sorry, that one. Humankind's the one that goes a little bit further. That one I also played, and I also was not as Old World. Old World. Old World. Um, that's the one. That one was uh, really hard, if I remember correctly. Yes. Like it, the the beginning was very brutal, but it wasn't like fun. It, <laughs> it wasn't, fun. you know, it wasn't funner than Civilization. It was just very difficult to get like a foothold and not get run over by barbarians. Yeah, it was more had more of a military focus, but also like you weren't an infinite ruler like you are in Civ. You were like a dynasty of people. It's like, well, my kid's growing up to be a fucking idiot. Maybe what do I do about this? <laughs> yeah, it's like they wanted to introduce some of the Europa stuff, but like didn't go far enough to really make that work. So I don't know. I wasn't as super impressed with Old World, but I do own that game as well. So I, I have played Humankind and Old World. And they all kind of blend together in my head. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Humankind, check it out. If you like Civ games, it's on the Xbox Game Pass. So it's free if you have the, the thing. Um, I think that might do it for this episode uh, for me. Uh, I don't know if I can keep going because I'm very tired. Uh, so, Dean, I, I just want to hear hey. Dean. What do you have to say about Gotham Knights? The hot new release. It's... I wanted to like it very badly because I liked all the other Arkham games uh, that are supposed to be its predecessors. Um, (laughs) Obviously. But the thing is, it's very slow. And Mm -hmm. they take all the shit that Batman can do in the tutorial 
and they meter it out behind XP gates and spread it out between four different people um, that you could only Fun. play one at a time. Love it. So each character feels a little bit incomplete. Uh, the stealth isn't as good. Um, <laughs> great. I mean, not yeah, that it was like, particularly great in like Arkham, but like it was not. It was not particularly great in the way that benefited you, the player. <laughs> yeah. Most most stealth sessions in this game that I've played so far is like you're trying to take down as many people as possible before you get caught instead of trying not to get caught at all. And then like even if you manage that there's going to be like a second wave. It's it's much more of a brawler than the stealth game although they try to insinuate that stealth is an option. Right. Uh it's it's really not. I've I read um, so much stuff about it being like especially like locking your traversal mechanic behind like an XP challenge yes. at like level so, 10 or something. It's like why so are you like So here's this? here's the fa- here's my favorite thing about that. It's not the progress on that little side quest isn't shared between the heroes. So you so have, you to, have like... to do each one you have to do 40 side quests. <laughs> And defeat three of, like, the big shield bruiser enemies that take, like, five minutes each to fight one-on-one, let alone in a group. And you have to do that three times per character, and then you all each have to play the tutorial, uh, like, a specific tutorial for each one. Although that's the one that actually makes the most sense, because each character does have a different combat rhythm, and that's actually something I like. However, the rest of the game is bad, so... (laughs) God. So I I imagine it's much more fun and a lot easier with a second player. Which it's also weird that they've locked it to two players when it's Instead of clearly four. clearly yeah. should be a four player game. But you know what? It, it it's bad. It's just it I seems don't like recommend it. They hit all this they hit all the bad parts of the Avengers game, but without any of the good parts where like yeah. once you have the stuff, it's actually quite fun. But. It's like everybody raved about like uh Arkham City mm-hmm. is like specifically the one that everybody loves the most. And they had that perfect formula and all they had to do was take that and push it somewhere else. Wait, Arkham City? That game was not good. What are you talking about? What are you yeah, talking Arkham about? City, the second one? Yeah, yeah the only good one was Arkham Asylum. Everyone knows that. Okay, no. I, I liked Arkham Asylum. I liked them both. You will not <laughs> win this argument against me, sir. I did not like Arkham City. I was okay. so hyped to play Arkham City because I loved Arkham Asylum. Well, here's the thing, but here's so the thing. Andrew, Andrew, here's the thing. You don't like fun, and your opinion doesn't matter to me. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> I talked about Dwarf Fortress earlier. You missed it, listener. I don't like fun. Yeah, so... Uh... They they had that perfect formula and they threw it all away and took all the worst parts. Like you can okay, you can't lock on to enemies. What? Like at all? If there's a button for it, I haven't found it. How do you punch at an enemy? Do you just punch near them and hope it hits? Yep. Just like so so it is like Arkham Asylum where you could just where it was all just yeah. I hope I'm the game knows which enemy I'm pointing at. Yeah, full on, like, if you can't, you just really have to fucking just hope, because it has happened before where I have, like, 
beat up an enemy that I wanted to save for last because you're supposed to interrogate them or throw a batarang at somebody trying to shoot at me and hit a completely random explosive barrel that didn't do anything because it was too far away. <laughs> but it was just in that right sort of cone of vision to where it targeted that instead. You know, you should at least... Ugh, video games, let me change my soft lock on target when I'm brawling. Oh, for sure. 100%. You, you jerks. Oh my god. Yeah, and there's there's no like there's no like perfect counter system anymore like the other games have where you don't just like block and counterattack. You have to dodge and then actively attack to counterattack. And you could fuck that up too by either doing a heavy attack which won't register the counterattack or target someone else by accident. <sighs> well, hopefully the one made <laughs> Yeah, will you finish it? Uh, yes, out of obligation. <laughs> Hopefully the one made by the real Arkham Studio is good. The Suicide Squad game. Bring that back Arkham fine. Asylum! Arkham Asylum 2, please! Give me more Metroidvania-esque just... games with Batman. They should, they should pull a Devil May Cry and just give it back to the original studio who knows what they're doing and ha make the same game. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it, Ar yeah. Just call it Arkham Asylum. Don't even you call it Arkham it. Knights instead of Gotham Knights. Perfect. Oh God! All right. Like, oh God. No, it's, it's fine. It doesn't <laughs> matter. I was just going to talk more about the Batman games. You can, but I have to leave because I. Can't. Okay, I'm we're like, all going to leave. The show's over. The sh hey, listener, the show's over because Andrew <laughs> oh, is tired. I, I said I was tired before I started. He turned really his camera long. off. He Hey, we do a voice call for this show. He turned his camera off because he's falling asleep at his desk. My camera's off because desk. my camera. I'm on a couch and I'm horizontal. That's worse. <laughs> my camera's <laughs> off because I think I need to reinitialize that uh, camera. Well, your camera's been off ever since Canada exploded. Yeah. Ever since the EMP went off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, listener, for joining us. I'm sure Daniel cut out all the parts where I complain about being tired so that it's not a weird, incoherent mess. I'm glad to have heard about Yakuza Like a Dragon. And uh, we will leave in the show notes, uh, in the description, the other news stories that we talked about, even though we didn't get to hear us. Uh, and of course, we enjoyed Dean's review of the new Batman game. Uh, don't play it. Good review. Also, cannot do, recommend it less. Do play Yakuza <laughs> Like a Dragon, especially if your name is Andrew, because this is like the most his shit I think I've pl we've played on Game Pass so far. Yeah, don't yeah, but... don't sleep on this one, bud. Okay, well, and it's it's criminal that this is the one. He Show's over. <laughs> Show's you over. Bye. You can't. You, can't <laughs> uh, you don't have to leave. <laughs> you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs>